Greetings, my fellow humans. It has been a while. It is I, the one and only Gru, here with another immersive journey through the realms of darkness. Bundle up as I guide you into the depths of my twisted tales. It can get chilly. With every passing week, I summon forth a cacophony of sound, weaving an auditory tapestry that transports you to distant lands and unimaginable scenes. From the crackling flames that dance with an infernal glow, to the gentle patter of raindrops cascading upon forgotten paths, and even the haunting whispers carried by the wind through ancient trees, I shape your perception and envelop you in my world. So what do you say, fellow humans? Dare to step into the shattered embrace of the Gru and let the symphony of sound ignite your imagination? Then welcome to a realm where reality blurs and the echoes of your fears become audible. Welcome to ASM Murder, the only true crime podcast with an ASMR twist. I have been looking for you, of course. How delightful it is to have stumbled upon your presence amidst this enigmatic realm. The long-lost labyrinthine paths of life and love and loss have woven an intricate tapestry, concealing our destination as we traverse blindly through the unknown. Yet, fate has once again smiled upon us, guiding us to this meeting point, obscured and mysterious. But fear not, for in this ephemeral haze I offer you my hand as your unwavering guide. Trust in my lead, fellow humans. I'll find our way. So, let us embark on this ethereal journey together, my cherished companions, as we unravel the secret shrouded within this enigma. This is episode 27 of our adventures. On this occasion, we'll go to a rural place across the big pond and over to Europe, specifically to a little farm north of Munich, Germany. If you're from around those parts, you might be familiar with this case. I'm talking, of course, about the Hinterkaifeck murders, which happened more than a hundred years ago. So, if you're ready, give me your hand, close your eyes, and follow my voice. We have places to go. Content warning. This episode contains graphic and sensitive content that may be distressing to some listeners. It includes detailed descriptions of deceased individuals, including a child, as well as depictions of violence and crime scenes. Listener discretion is therefore advised. Now, before the grim events unfolded, intriguing occurrences set the stage for the impending tragedy. Tragedy? Tragedy? Tragedy. 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 Always did have trouble with that word. Six months prior to the fateful attack, the household maid resigned, citing an eerie belief that the dwelling was haunted. Adding to the enigma, Andreas Gruber stumbled upon a Munich newspaper on the premises in March 1922, despite no one in the vicinity being known to subscribe to it. Adding to the mounting intrigue just days before the gruesome murders, tracks in the snow were discovered leading from the forest to a damaged lock on the machine room door. Mysterious footsteps echoed through the attic during the night, but despite Andreas Gruber's thorough search, no intruder could be found. 
Curiously, he chose not to seek assistance or to report the strange occurrences to any authorities. As per the account of a school friend of seven-year-old Kazia Gabriel, it was revealed that her mother, Victoria, had apparently fled the farm the night before the incident following a heated argument. Remarkably, just a few hours later, she was discovered in the nearby forest. On the faithful day of Friday, an extraordinary event unfolded. Into the picture stepped Maria Baumgartner, a newly arrived maid, briefly accompanied by her sister before bidding her farewell. Little did they know that Maria would potentially hold the final memories of the ill-fated victim. As darkness blanketed the surroundings, a sinister plot unraveled, drawing the unsuspecting inhabitants of the farm, Victoria Gabriel, and her young daughter Kazia and her parents, towards the barn, enticed through the gateway of the stable. Tragically, their path led them to an unfathomable destiny. With calculated precision, the perpetrator, or the perpetrators, wielded a formidable farm tool known as a mattock, a digging implement with a flat blade set at a right angle to the handle, inflicting fatal blows upon each family member's head. Undeterred by the grisly scene they left behind, the malevolent force proceeded unflinchingly to the sanctity of the living quarters where Joseph where Joseph and Baumgartner met a similar fate at the merciless hands of the very same weapon. For four eerie days, an unnerving silence engulfed the Hinterkaifeck farm. Then, on the first day of April, two unsuspecting coffee sellers, Hans Shirovsky and Edward Shirovsky, arrived, anticipating a routine order. To their bewilderment, their calls echoed unanswered through the stillness of the yard. Curiosity prompted them to explore further, their footsteps leading them along the empty pathways. It was only as they prepared to depart that their eyes caught the sight of an open gate, revealing the foreboding entrance to the machine house. With this unsettling atmosphere, a peculiar absence unfolded. Young Kazia Gabriel, usually a regular attendee at school, was now absent without explanation. Adding to the growing sense of unease, the family failed to grace the Sunday worship, a departure from their customary devout dedication. The air hung heavy with the weight of the unknown, shrouding the once familiar farmstead in an eerie veil of mystery. On the fourth day of April, a similar Albert Hoffner arrived at the farm, tasked with the mission of repairing an engine. He stepped onto the premises. A haunting stillness greeted him, accompanied only by the faint sounds of restless animals. Undeterred, Hoffner patiently awaited any signs of life. Time ticked away as he meticulously carried out his repair work, devoting nearly four and a half hours to the task at hand. Amidst the solitude, his labor served as a lone echo to the enigmatic void that enveloped the farmstead. In the waning hours of the afternoon, at approximately 3.30 p.m., a fateful decision was made. Lorenz Schlittenbauer, whose name I do not envy, with a hint of concern lingering in his heart, dispatched his son, Johann, 16, and stepson, Josef, 9, to Hinterkaifeck. Their mission? To investigate the eerie silence that had surrounded the farmstead. With each passing moment, anticipation mingled with unease as the young duo combed the grounds, their watchful eyes searching for signs of life. Alas, their diligent search yielded no answers. Sensing the gravity of the situation, Schlittenbauer, accompanied by the resolute companionship of Michael Pohl and Jacob Sigel, 
ventured forth towards the enigmatic farm, and as the doors of the barn swung open to reveal its haunting secrets, their hearts raced with a mixture of anticipation and dread. A grim tableau awaited them as they entered the premises. Four lifeless bodies lay solemnly upon the ground, bearing witness to the tragic events that had unfolded. Among them the patriarch Andreas Gruber, his wife Kazia Gruber, their daughter Victoria Gabriel, and their precious granddaughter Kazia. The chilling embrace of death had claimed them all. Inside the confines of the home, the chambermaid and Victoria's son, Yosef, were also discovered, their lives extinguished. The air grew heavy with sorrow and disbelief as the full magnitude of the tragedy came into focus. Inspector George Rungruber assumed the daunting task of leading the investigation into the gruesome murders accompanied by his diligent team. However, the initial stages of the inquiry proved challenging as the crime scene had been subjected to considerable disturbance. The presence of numerous individuals, their movements, and even culinary activities within the kitchen complicated the delicate process of gathering evidence. Just one day after the shocking discovery of the bodies, court physician Johann Baptist Amuller conducted the autopsies within the confines of the barn. His meticulous examination revealed that a matic had been the weapon employed in the heinous acts despite his absence at the scene. Disturbingly, further evidence emerged indicating that Kazia had clung to life for hours following the assault, her agonizing struggle captured by the telltale signs of tufts of her hair torn from her scalp strewn amongst the straw. In pursuit of a comprehensive analysis, the victim's skulls were dispatched to Munich where experts could delve deeper into the investigation. The relentless search for truth demanded the utmost expertise and unwavering commitment from those entrusted with unraveling the mysteries surrounding the Hinterkaifeck tragedy. Initially, authorities entertained the possibility that the grisly murders were motivated by robbery, prompting extensive interrogation of transient individuals and local residents from the neighboring villages. However, this hypothesis swiftly dissipated as investigators stumbled upon a significant sum of money within the confines of the house. Perplexingly, it became evident that the unidentified individual had remained at the farm for several days following the heinous acts. Compounding the mystery, telltale signs emerged that challenged the notion of a hasty departure. The diligent care bestowed upon the livestock, their well-nourished state, and the conspicuous absence of bread from the pantry pointed to a peculiar sequence of events. Moreover, recent incisions in the meat supply further confounded investigators, suggesting that the perpetrator or perpetrators had lingered within the residence engaging in enigmatic activities after the harrowing ordeal. As the investigation unfolded, the intricate web of clues would demand a meticulous and unyielding pursuit of the truth, forcing authorities to reevaluate their initial assumptions and chart an alternative path towards unraveling the enigma of Hinterkaifeck. Despite exhaustive efforts, the police investigation into the mysterious murders yielded no clear motive, leaving authorities perplexed and the case shrouded in uncertainty. A long list of potential suspects was compiled, leading to numerous arrests, yet the true identity of the murderer remained elusive. Eventually, in 1955, the case files were officially closed, signaling the end of the investigations. 
However, sporadic interrogations continued as late as 1986, a testament to the enduring intrigue surrounding this unsolved mystery. This perplexing case has been marred by numerous inconsistencies, further adding to the enigma surrounding the events. One such discrepancy arose from the theory that the victims were lured to the barn by the restlessness of the animals in the stable. However, subsequent investigations revealed that the noise from the living area would have made it difficult to hear such commotion. The conflicting details served to deepen the intrigue and complexity of this perplexing case, leaving investigators and theorists grappling for answers. In the area aftermath of the crime, a peculiar encounter unfolded. Artisan Michael Plockle happened to pass by the farm of that fateful night, only to be momentarily blinded by an unknown figure wielding a lantern. Sensing something amiss, Michael quickly departed from the scene. However, he couldn't help but notice an unsettling detail. The smoke emanating from the farmhouse chimney carried an acrid stench. Regrettably, this curious observation was never fully investigated, leaving a lingering mystery as to what substance or material had been clandestinely burning by the flames within the oven that night. The unanswered question continues to haunt the annals of this baffling case, shrouded in an unsettling veil of uncertainty. In the early hours of April 1st, at precisely 3 a.m., a farmer and skilled butcher, Simon Reislander, had an encounter that would linger in his memory. Emerging from the shadows at the fringes of the dense forest, two mysterious figures materialized before him. Sensing his presence, they swiftly pivoted, veiling their faces in a shroud of secrecy, leaving Simon perplexed. Little did he know at the time, but as word of the heinous murder spread, a haunting suspicion took root in his mind hinting at a possible connection between those enigmatic strangers and the unfathomable crime. Fast forward to May 1927, an intriguing incident unfolded. It is said that a stranger approached a resident of Wadehofen at the stroke of midnight, bombarding him with inquiries about the crime and exclaiming his involvement as the culprit. In a sudden burst of action, the stranger swiftly retreated into the depths of the surrounding woods, vanishing without a trace, and leaving behind the shroud of mystery that has endured to this day. Now, let's delve into the realm of the identified suspects, beginning with Carl Gabriel. Widely believed to have perished in France during the First World War in December 1914, his body was never recovered, leaving room for speculations surrounding his fate. The unsettling crimes at Hinterkaifeck prompted renewed scrutiny and raised doubts about the veracity of his reported demise, igniting further intrigue surrounding his potential involvement. Another intriguing aspect to delve into is the peculiar circumstances surrounding Josef's birth. In the absence of her husband, Victoria Gabriel welcomed the arrival of Josef, giving rise to rumors that he might be the product of an illicit union between Victoria and her own father. The gravity of these speculations led to the disturbing accusations of incest, resulting in the conviction of both Victoria and her father for this abhorrent crime against their own flesh and blood. The shocking nature of these allegations further deepened the shadows that loom over this perplexing case. In the aftermath of the Second World War, as captives from the Schrobenhausen region regained their freedom, a surprising revelation emerged. They recounted encounters with a German-speaking Soviet officer who proclaimed himself as the perpetrator responsible for the heinous Hinterkaifeck murders. 
Initially, this shocking claim sparked intrigue and speculation, with some drawing connections to the enigmatic figure of Carl Gabriel. Rumors circulated that Carl had expressed a desire to journey to Russia shortly before his alleged demise, lending credence to the possibility that he assumed his new identity. However, as time passed, the credibility of these accounts waned as several individuals recanted their statements, leaving the true identity of the officer shrouded in uncertainty. Nonetheless, the lingering belief that this unknown officer was none other than Carl Gabriel continues to fuel intrigue and mystery surrounding the Hinterkaifeck case. Our next suspect under scrutiny is Lorenz Littenbauer, whose connection to the case presents an intriguing web of speculation. Following the untimely death of his first wife in 1918, rumors circulated that he had engaged in a relationship with Victoria Gabriel, adding fuel to the conjecture that he might be the biological father of Joseph. Locals cast suspicious glances in Schlittenbauer's direction early in the investigation, drawn by his peculiar behavior in the aftermath of the grim discovery. During the initial inquiry, he and his companions resorted to breaking a gate to access the barn, as the doors were securely locked. Curiously, Schlittenbauer possessed a key to the front door, which he employed after the bodies were found, venturing inside the house unaccompanied. It is worth noting that a house key had vanished days before the murders, raising the possibility that it had been provided to Schlittenbauer either as a neighborly gesture or by Victoria herself, allegedly his lover. Strikingly, Schlittenbauer claimed to have entered the house in search of his son, Josef, exhibiting an unwavering fearlessness in the face of finding a potential murderer. Furthermore, his actions at the crime scene, including the purported moving of the bodies, raised questions as to whether he inadvertently compromised the integrity of the investigation or did so intentionally, deepening the enigma surrounding his involvement. For a considerable period following the tragedy, Suspicion lingered over Schlittenbauer, fueled by peculiar remarks that seemed to hint at a level of insight that only the perpetrator would possess. Notably, according to the accounts in the case files, Hans E. Blagger encountered Schlittenbauer at the site of the demolished Hinterkaifeck in 1925. When questioned about his presence, Schlittenbauer made a curious statement, suggesting that the culprit's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been thwarted by the frozen ground. This detail was regarded as a possible indication of Schlittenbauer's intimate familiarity with the environmental conditions prevailing at the time of the murders. However, it is worth considering that as a neighbor with knowledge of the local terrain, he may have been offering an informed conjecture rather than possessing first-hand knowledge. Another theory that emerged centered around the notion that Schlittenbauer may have committed the heinous act in response to Victoria's alleged demands for financial support concerning young Joseph. Prior to his demise in 1941, Schlittenbauer pursued and successfully won multiple defamation lawsuits against individuals who had labeled him the murderer of Hinterkaifeck, further complicating the already tangled web of speculation surrounding his involvement. One early suspect who drew attention on April 9th was linked to the Free Cups Oberlin, a paramilitary organization in Germany. In 1951, prosecutor Andreas Popp delved into the backgrounds of brothers Adolf and Anton Gump to explore any potential ties to the Hinterkaifeck murders. A significant breakthrough came when their sister, on her deathbed, confessed that her brothers were responsible for the heinous act. 
As a result, Anton Gump was taken into police custody, but no legal action could be pursued against Adolf, as he had already passed away in 1944. However, the case against Anton took a twist when he was ultimately released, and the charges against him were dropped in 1954. Insufficient evidence prevented conclusive proof of his involvement in the crime from being established, leaving the lingering question of whether or not he played a role in the tragic events at Hinterkaifeck. In 1971, an intriguing letter penned by Therese T. shed light on a childhood mystery that she had kept hidden for years. At the tender age of 12, Therese had witnessed an unexpected visit to her mother by the mother of brothers Carl and Andreas S. The visitor made a shocking claim, asserting that her sons from Saddleburg were the individuals responsible for the infamous Hinterkaifeck murders. She even mentioned that Andreas had harbored remorse over losing his penknife. An intriguing detail given the discovery of a pocket knife during the demolition of the farm in 1923, a mystery as to its owner that had remained unsolved. Despite the potential significance of this clue, it ultimately led to no substantial breakthroughs in the case. Let's delve into the captivating tale of Peter Weber, who found himself entangled in suspicion thanks to the intriguing account provided by Josef Betts. These two winter companions, sharing not only a room but also their secrets, embarked on conversations that veered into the shadowy realm of the infamous Hinterkaifeck farm. It appeared that Weber was no stranger to the whispered rumors surrounding the residence where an elderly couple, their daughter, and their innocent grandchildren dwelled. Whispers of a dark secret, an incestuous bond between Gruber and his own daughter, circulated among the curious onlookers. In a chilling twist, Betts alleged that Weber, driven by greed, ventured to propose a macabre scheme, eliminating the man to seize a forbidden fortune. Alas, Betts' wicked notion received naught but silence from his accomplice, leaving the veracity of their conversation shrouded in uncertainty. These captivating clues, like pieces of a perplexing puzzle, offered no definitive resolution, leaving us with more questions than answers in the captivating and enigmatic case. Enter the enigmatic figure, Kresner Riger, a former maid who graced the halls of Hinterkaifeck from November 1920 to around September 1921. Within her discerning gaze, a web of suspicion spun, entangling the likes of the Bickler brothers, Anton and Carl. Anton, having lent his hands to the harvest of Hinterkaifeck's potatoes, possessed an intimate knowledge of the sprawling property. Riger, with an attentive ear, recalled the brothers' unsettling discussions where they callously suggested the family's demise. Curiously, she noted that the canine sentinel, who barked at all but Anton, remained eerily silent in his presence. In the cloak of night, Riger engaged in a conversation with a mysterious stranger, her intuition pointing towards Carl, Anton's kin. Her mind wove a tapestry of suspicion, painting a portrait where Anton and Carl Bickler joined forces with George Siegel, a former denizen of Hinterkaifeck, who held insight into the family's hidden fortune. Whispers spread of Siegel's illicit entry into the home in November 1920, his alleged pilfering of valuables. Though his denials echoed, he confessed to crafting the handle of the murder weapon, aware of its size and resting place. In this tangled narrative, where truth blends with shadows, the puzzle pieces tantalize, beckoning us closer to the heart of the macabre mystery. And now, let us turn our attention to the intriguing duo known as the Thaler Brothers who find themselves thrust into the spotlight of suspicion once more, courtesy of the perceptive former maid. 
These mischievous siblings had already dabbled in the art of multiple burglaries in the vicinity before the fateful Hinterkaifeck murders unfolded. In the depths of darkness, Joseph Thaler, like a curious cat, approached Rager with an inquisitive mind, probing for intimate details about the ill-fated family. With an air of certainty, he boasted knowledge of each family member's slumbering abode, tantalizingly hinting at their abundant wealth. As Rager recollects, their conversation unfolded amidst the presence of an enigmatic third party, a figure lurking in the shadows. Like hawks eyeing their prey, Yosef Thaler and his mysterious companion displayed a keen interest in the machine house before vanishing into the night. Ah, the web of suspicion thickens, ensnaring these audacious brothers in its intricate threads as the curious case of Hinterkaifeck unfolds. In the wake of the perplexing Hinterkaifeck murders, the world of literature and media eagerly embraced this enigmatic case, spawning a plethora of books and articles that sought to unravel its mysteries. Notably, the compelling series of articles penned by Josef Ludwig Hecker in the esteemed Schrobenhausener Zetung catapulted the case back into the public consciousness, reigniting the fascination surrounding this haunting tale. As time marched on, the captivating narrative of Hinterkaifeck found its way into the silver screen, gracing both film and documentary formats, while even taking center stage in the realm of theater. The enduring allure of this chilling saga ensured its adaptation across various artistic mediums, leaving audiences spellbound and yearning for answers. In 2007, a glimmer of hope emerged as modern forensic techniques shed light on the shortcomings of the original investigation, exposing a lack of professional expertise. Yet, despite the renewed scrutiny, the identity of the perpetrator remains elusive, a lingering enigma that may forever elude resolution. Among the countless theories and suspects that have captured the imaginations of numerous authors, one name remains conspicuously absent, veiled in a cloak of silence, out of respect for the descendants involved. Thus, the tantalizing truth behind Hinterkaifeck's dark secret continues to tantalize and perplex, etching its indelible mark upon the annals of unresolved mysteries. However, the plot thickened in 2017 with the release of the gripping tome entitled The Man from the Train by the brilliant minds of Bill James and Rachel McCarthy James. Within its pages, a tantalizing theory emerged, proposing a surprising candidate for the elusive Hinterkaifeck culprit, none other than the enigmatic Paul Mueller. This shadowy figure had already captured the public imagination as the alleged perpetrator behind the string of heinous crimes in the U.S. between 1898 and 1912, including the notorious Velisca Act murders an eerily familiar case for those of you who have embarked on this twisted journey with me before. Intriguingly, the cases ascribed to Mueller exhibited a disturbingly similar pattern. Nocturnal acts of violence perpetrated within or near small towns, leaving behind a wake of bludgeoned families. The seemingly random nature of these gruesome incidents only deepens the mystery surrounding this potential suspect. Could it be that Paul Mueller's chilling legacy stretched far beyond the borders of the U.S.? Did his sinister inclinations extend to the far reaches of Hinterkaifeck, forever linking his German tragedy to an international web of darkness?
As the pages of history turn, the tantalizing connection between these seemingly disparate crimes invites further speculation, beckoning us deeper into the chilling labyrinth of the unknown. In the light of the compelling evidence and intriguing connections, it becomes increasingly difficult to dismiss Paul Mueller as a potential culprit. The puzzle pieces seem to align, painting a haunting portrait of a man whose heinous acts transcend borders and left a trail of devastation in his wake. But the ultimate verdict remains elusive, shrouded in the shadows of uncertainty. So, Dear fellow humans, I pose a question to you. What do you make of this perplexing revelation? Does Paul Mueller's dark legacy extend beyond the realm of mere speculation? Or is there more to unravel in this intricate tapestry of mystery? Regrettably, our paths must diverge here as the veil of uncertainty lifts and the shadows disperse. The edge of the forest marks a boundary I cannot cross in the day. The sun is no friend to a groove. I have guided you out of that enigmatic realm, though our time together feels fleeting given the intricacies of the case, yet I am grateful for our shared moments as our conversation has invigorated my very essence. The prospect of our future encounters already stirs my soul for the mere exchange of words is enough to ignite my fervor. Alas, the time has come to bid adieu, albeit temporarily, until our paths intertwine once again. But wait, before you take your leave, allow me to pose a peculiar query. Have you ever encountered a chronicle so captivating, curious, or chilling that it left you craving further chapters? Perhaps a narrative woven by the whimsical whispers of the wind or the mystical murmurs of the mighty sea? If such a tale resides within your repertoire, I... Repertoire? Is that right? Ah, either way, we'll leave it at that. I implore you to regale me with its essence. Drop a comment on my social media, in other words. Be it the illustrious realm of your YouTubes or the sanctified shores of my personal website. I also do your Facebooks and your Twitters and your TikToks, and do not neglect to strike the notification bell, for it shall herald the advent of my freshest content. Who knows, maybe we can make it an episode. Seek me out at the stroke of six, as the eastern sun casts its golden glow, for that's when our serendipitous sojourn shall normally commence. That's eastern standard for those that don't know. Yet heed this, life's labyrinth may lead me astray on occasion, delaying our delightful discourse, but fret not. Our destinies are intertwined, and our paths shall surely intersect again. Be it by chance or destiny's design, rest assured I shall be armed with a trove of fresh tales to regale you with. Fear not, for there are many tales to tell until my last tale is told. That was episode 27 of ASM Murder. If you missed any previous episodes or simply want to listen to more of me, please feel free to visit my website at murderpod.net. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-P-O-D dot net. There you'll find links to all my episodes available on platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. I'll leave links in the description. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave your thoughts in the comments. Your feedback is valuable to me, and it helps me bring more compelling stories in the future. Thank you so much for lending me some of your time. Time is a precious gift. We must never squander it. May yours be filled with love and light. Until next time, please be kind to yourselves and be good to each other. Take care. This is your friendly neighborhood crew, signing off.